This is Caroline. And welcome back to our press pass coverage for the 2023 edition of the ATX Television Festival. This year's festival took place in downtown Austin, Texas between June 1st and June 4th. This is an event we look forward to every year and this year the event was gracious enough to grant both Caroline and I press passes so that we could attend and soak in the event. What did you think of this year's event just overall, Caroline? Overall, I thought it was wonderful. It was so great to be back in person. I love all these live events. This festival is so different than all the cons that we typically cover. There's no exhibition hall. There's not like that autograph table. There's there's no eight by 10 signings, but it's like completely more chill, I guess I want to say. Like everybody is a lot more about the fans interacting with each other. And then it's really cool because the talent, the, the people like timothy oliphant and ted danson and all these other awesome stars were just mixing and mingling with us like we could see them all over the place so it was very different very unique and i highly recommend this festival what's different about it as say compared to like a like a fan con is that when you go to see whoever you're going to see whether it's at a panel or at their table or a photograph op at a con it, it's very catered and curated such that that is your only interaction that is it you're not going to just see them stray from the the area where the celebrities are kept away from everybody else well and in fact because they charge for pictures and stuff like that they're actually behind curtains and behind like all these like set up dividers and stuff like that so even when they're like you know having some lunch or doing something like that like they're not anywhere near where where all the fans are and that is just the polar opposite of atx case in point caroline and i pull up to our hotel and we see a a tall white-haired bespectacled man standing in the valet area immediately i was like it's ted danson like that's amazing so we like pulled right up to ted it was like he was the valet it was adorable his wife mary was also there and she was fantastic we got to see them at a panel later that we'll talk to you guys about but the two of them just seeing them on the sidewalk like as soon as we got there i was like ah atx this is why i love you guys so much because you're you always have these surprise moments where there's just the biggest star standing right in front of you and you don't have to do anything but you could say something we opted to just continue on with our valet be cool cool. act like you've been there before that's actually the number one rule of atx in fact it is be cool and that is all that you need to do is don't be like in their faces don't be like that but you can take selfies and we certainly took a picture of to Mr. Danson and his wife, Mary. So it was fantastic. But I feel like we need to talk a little bit about where we stayed because this was the venue for the majority of the panels and the, and the different events throughout the festival. Now, in years past, the fest centered around the historic Stephen F. Austin Hotel. Beginning last year and continuing into this year, they have relocated almost everything across the street to the also historic, but more recently updated 
and larger. Much larger. Driscoll Hotel. Yeah. I highly recommend staying at the Driscoll, you guys. It was so easy for us because we were staying in the hotel. We could just literally wander downstairs to one of the ballrooms and be able to sit down and watch one of the panels. It was so easy. And you, for any of you guys who are aware of the Texas heat, this year was not nearly as bad as it has been in the past. But there were some years where people were literally fainting in line outside because we were so hot in there. And there was just nothing you could do. That's where you had to line up. And all of the venues made you stay outside until it was time for the panel. But this, this was fantastic. The Driscoll had a bar. They had a restaurant. In fact, when you check in, the first thing they do is offer you a beer. How unique is that? Welcome to Texas, right? Exactly. It was amazing. When they first asked us, we were like, what? But it was so fun and cool. They offer all these other amenities with the Driscoll. Like um, you could get an actual guided tour of the Driscoll and find out all the historical points of it. And there's plenty. I saw people taking that tour. Yeah. You can even see. And there's like a guided tour, like an actual person in the hotel that shows you around. There's also like all this art on the wall everywhere. And you can take a self-guided tour through that. And you can see all this fantastic art. It was pretty amazing. I mean, every wall is covered with very unique and different things. We we were standing in front of various paintings and, and commenting on them and noticing them. So, you know, kudos to the Driscoll. Even I noticed a little card in our room. They do offer room service, of course. Um, but when I flipped on the back, it was like, there's all these other amenities. Like, like we had all these discounts at like being able to go to a paddleboard place or being able to go to a different restaurant or all this stuff was included with just staying at the Driscoll, which is super cool. And it would encourage people, I think, to go like explore the city a little bit. True to being a uh, historical location that has recently been restored, our room was gigantic and our bathroom was not as gigantic. But the ceilings were as tall as I've ever stayed in, for sure. <laughs> they were. They were. It was pretty amazing, you guys. The actual room was beautiful. And then again, the hotel itself, it was so well appointed for all of the things we wanted to do in it. I mean, you, you could literally find anything we needed for the festival right there and everyone was well prepared like if you needed anything they had little breakout sections that we could go in and like buy merch they had little areas where you could for us for press if you guys are ever looking for that if you're a fellow podcaster or something you're writing articles they had a great press room with plenty of space to sit and write now this is not the case everywhere i had an experience last summer when we did the bentonville uh, film festival which was a wonderful and a beautiful town however press room wasn't there we didn't we didn't have the opportunity to do that we were sitting on the floor trying to write notes and stuff like that so this was so nice because they had snacks and drinks and they even had like some of the talent come in so if you wanted to do your interviews in there you could do that really great this i'm such a great change for atx to be able to be i would say 90 percent indoors in the summer here is lovely and it also meant that i like i didn't have to be concerned about like walking shoes or stuff like i could wear whatever i wanted to wear i didn't have to be concerned about oh you know do i have like a towel for my neck like a lot of people worry about stuff like that nope no sunscreen no bug spray no nothing no nothing at all just you're gonna be indoors you're gonna have a great time There were a couple of outdoor waits, but they were relatively short and they've enacted a new fast pass scenario in addition to booking events at ACL Live or Austin City Limits. Now that has been a huge change because years past we have we've had our biggest events in the Paramount Theater. That meant we queued up outside in the sun 
and just waited for an hour or two before our big marquee events. Now, and hopefully they continue this with booking at ACL, you walk to ACL, it's a couple blocks over and you walk right in. Right. And they had like, you know, plenty of drinks, snacks, things like that. And, um, and plenty of seating. Like it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as crazy. We'll, we'll talk about the different events that we saw in there, but I mean, it was great that there was plenty of seating for us and super comfortable, very cold. There was many events that I was at this year that I was like, wow, I am freezing in here. And that is nothing I've ever said about ATX. So overall the, the 12th season of ATX shows that they have matured quite a bit from the purely, you know, this is my first year volunteering sort of thing that we had experienced very early on. Now the volunteers have all been there a while. They, they have answers to questions, Mm -hmm. which is not always the case with large cons or this con, but this year, I don't think I ran into a single volunteer or staff member that didn't know exactly Mm-hmm. Everything they needed to know about doing their job. Plus, they had a great app that you could use that was completely being updated, I, seemingly by the second. Every time I'd click on the app, it was updating the schedule. So you could check in there. There was a lot of opportunity to um, to see what you wanted to, to go to next without it being like confusing or anything. They also had like a print one. If it was something like I really like to have print ones, like I was harassing Paul that I wanted like a spreadsheet or something because I like that print where you can like circle, you know, what panels you're going to and kind of see what they conflict with i find it easier that way but i thought the app was actually very easy to use and i'm i'm not somebody who totally uses tech however i do want to point out too that with our badge we also got the virtual pass and that's something that if you guys are thinking like hey i'm nowhere near texas i'm not going to be able to go to atx i'm not listening to the rest of this podcast no you guys there's a virtual pass that you can watch all these panels um not exactly in real time a little bit of a delay but not that much and you can get to see all the things we did this worked out perfectly for me and i would say i I don't want to say that the that the population of the fangoers is aging but i kind of think it was like i kind of saw a lot of people that we have seen for many years and hey it turns out we all got older (laughs) that's true i didn't notice I didn't notice Gen Z so much. I didn't see a lot of like 19, 20 year olds. Like, I mean, this was like definitely a lot of older people. Now we're going to talk to you guys about the different panels and certainly like the Cheers reunion. I mean, that's going to draw a certain crowd, right? Right. But to that point, like it was great for me to be able to go down and do panels and watch stuff and and be there. And then when I wanted to take a break, like I was done peopling because like after the pandemic, I definitely have my limits of like how long I want to be in any type of crowd. I could go back to our room and I could turn on the panel in you know on my phone on the iPad even on the TV and I could watch it and not like get behind or miss anything from the comfort of my hotel bed which is fantastic it's like the perfect blend for me of like I want to take a break and put my feet up have some lunch and like eat in my room and like enjoy just some quiet and collect my thoughts about this last panel and then also be able to go downstairs and be like at a party That's a pretty great way to handle the four days. I want to stress that these comments are probably outside of the organizer's control in that depending on when you are listening to this podcast, we are in currently in the middle of the 2023 Writers Guild of America strike. They probably wouldn't say this publicly, but I would say it heavily impacted the programming and even the overall 
demeanor and attitude of the of the con because there was sort of a a cloud over it in that people were they didn't they didn't have the same grounding and the same foundation beneath them in order to say where their next job was absolutely i mean and that's been something that we've experienced as podcasters for really the last like couple of months really anyone that we've talked to i went to WonderCon. every single person that i talked to there in the interviews in the industry whether it be makeup artist or wardrobe or anything else they all had no idea where their next job was coming from because with WGA being on strike, it was just like people just had no idea what's going to come next in the industry. So I would not say that there was a cloud, but I would say that there was like uncertainty. So because of that, first of all, the schedule changed a lot frequently. Yeah. And some were, you know, new people coming, which was great. And some people were obviously not coming anymore. That created, you know, a, a little bit of like a, you know, a dynamic where you did need to check the app constantly and and that is something that they continue to remind you of especially by like day two or three they were at the start of every panel it was like everybody get out your app please and like make sure you're checking for schedule changes at least it was happening in real time with those schedule changes that it's not yes. like we went anywhere and was like i thought this person was supposed to be here and then they weren't we were aware and so that was cool that that, that that's as much as an organizer can do is to let you know you know not have you show up at the at you know something you don't want to see and it ranged from people pulling out of individual panels to entire panels just erasing just right. being gone and that happens at every live event that we've ever encountered there's always some amount of shifting around you know i think that the writer strike in general also made the conversation change quite a bit like we weren't talking about entertainment in a fun exciting way all the time there was a lot more talk about how the industry works and what the kind of behind the scenes like at the, when the cogs are actually moving how that works and what people are being paid and how they're being credited and and how they're being treated and all of those things i think that portion because the answer is they're being treated paid and everything else badly <laughs> that that put a little bit of a cloud because the the people in the industry were there feeling sad about that and then as the fans were absorbing more and more stories and more and more information about the treatment and about what was going on behind the scenes i i think that there was more of like just just true compassion like some real like my lord this needs to get fixed you know this isn't the way we want our entertainment to be delivered to us we want everyone to be treated well and paid properly and appropriately and, and all that kind of stuff so it it had a bunch of different conversations this year than we've had any other year there most years and i expect going forward it is fully a celebration of tv all things tv because we're at like a kind of a grindy point in entertainment that a little bit took over and I think uh, we will probably, in a couple of the smaller panel discussions, it'll come up again. Oh, for sure. But in the meantime, why don't we get started talking about with what we did Thursday when we arrived. We realized that we needed to get right into line. Okay, so this is super funny. Somehow, and I don't know what the hell, I read that the panel that we were going to go to, we were driving in on Thursday. So we didn't, we could have come in on Wednesday night, but we came in on Thursday. And when we did, we thought we had plenty of time. Like we thought that it was like starting at seven. This is, this is the justified panel that we were going to. As it turns out, thank goodness for the paper schedule, because the second that I walked in and I picked it up and I was just kind of thumbing through it, I was like, Paul, it's 
starting in like half an hour, not like an hour and a half. Like we thought we did not stop. We just, we just took our stuff and like ran over to that panel. And, um, I'm super glad we did. We had fast passes for that, which that's another new perk that they have is these fast passes. So you can get some of those and make sure you see the things you want to see. The funny thing was though, when we were just figuring out where we needed to go, we pushed the wrong elevator floor, right? So we pushed the wrong button in the, in the, elevator and uh we go and the doors open and timothy oliphant aka raylan Givens, is standing right in front of me from justified and i was like what <laughs> and he was like huh like he was he he didn't get on the elevator he like kind of turned back around and was like huh i'm not really sure and kind of was like walking around and like every part of me was he needed like, to go to the same place we were going yes yes we were all going to the same panels it was like super funny that it was like oh we're all in the wrong place it was funny we basically ended up all kind of walking towards the, the right place super fun and again just another one of those like fan meets celebrity moments that just happen all the time at atx so for those of you that are not familiar justified went off the air about eight years ago and they are staging a comeback they're not committing to like a whole new run of the show but they are producing an eight episode revival and they were they brought the first episode of those eight to Austin for us to watch, which is really cool because A, we were fans of the show, and B, the rest of the world doesn't get to see it until July 18th. It's, it's pretty far out for us to have seen the first one. And Pinky promise with the producers that we're not going to spill the beans on what to expect in the episode. Right. I think that the biggest surprise to me in, in watching was that they cast his real life daughter, Vivian, in the role of his daughter on the show. And when we got to see her in action, it was wild to see her on screen and then like way more wild to see her actually interacting with her dad on the stage because the two of them, they had a lot to say about working with each other. And they were cute and funny and definitely teasy with one another. Very dad and daughter. She's not that impressed that her dad is Timothy Oliphant. Not at all. Not even a little bit. And in fact, she very much didn't understand what he did for a living for like a long time. So it was funny and cute. And I, I enjoy the those types of moments because even though it was not really at the end of the day, a panel that really got super in depth about the show. Not really. But it gave you a flavor for the cast and it gave you this idea of like what the dynamic was on the set. And you got like a lot more like personal stuff that you wouldn't get if you just read like read like even an in-depth summary of the show you wouldn't get what we saw which was like all of the rapport that they have with one another and just sort of the vibe I guess of the show which yeah. seemed to be fun and and definitely nostalgic for Timothy as they called him Tim which just feels weird to me to call him Tim and uh, it's a very familiar feeling right doesn't it overall like it felt like we got some behind the scenes kind of glimpses not on purpose it's not like the moderator was like no we're gonna tell you behind the scenes it's just the nature of when you bring these people together especially if you're gonna bring family members or whatever in the the atmosphere of ATX which is like we want the tea like we're not interested in you telling us how many episodes or every single detail like that like we want to know like were you guys pulling pranks on each other like what was it like working with your dad like those types of things that fans don't tell typically get answers to. And apparently Tim takes a long time in the hair and makeup chair. <laughs> 
which was super funny. And he was very embarrassed that she shared that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I was... believe he said that was bullshit and wanted to move on. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> but yeah, lots of fun stuff between the two of them, though. Like she was like, I wasn't that interested in like what he did for a living. And then like every single time that they would ask any type of other question, he'd be like, I'm not that interested in what she's doing. <laughs> It was funny. Again, just to sort of like get their personalities more. A lot of times when you go and you watch these things, especially at cons, they, you know, they have these prepackaged spiels that they're supposed to say from the network or from whomever. They have these these lines that they say, you know, even paragraphs of them sometimes, but they never really let down, you know, their hair. They don't really tell you what's going on. But this, what was going on between Tim and Vivian, I definitely felt like uh, there's a fair shot. They're going to like argue after they get off the stage where she's going to be like, no more press coverage for you. Right. <laughs> Something because it was it was funny definitely to see how they they respond to one another and it actually gave me a lot of insight for when we were watching the episode because we do get to watch the episode together it helped me actually understand their on-screen dynamic which i think is pretty important for understanding the show overall right because they do play father and daughter on the show other cast members on stage included boyd holbrook who is playing this season's villain adelaide clemens which is the villain's main squeeze and then a producer named sarah timberman unfortunately due to comedian theo vaughn needing that exact same stage right after us the panel had to be somewhat truncated yeah. and they and they focused on the father-daughter stuff they really did and you know what sometimes that happens where a conversation starts to like take on a life of its own like i said the moderators don't necessarily guide every portion of the conversation especially between these two like really tim and vivian were like talking to each other you know or commenting on each other's answers before even the moderator could ask another question so in a lot of ways they were guiding the conversation and that's okay in this type of situation where we want to to get all that you know behind the scenes stuff some more fast facts uh, that they did get to talk about were that this is not a Raylan Gev Givens book this is a book called City Primeval High Noon in Detroit so that explains and this is all on IMDb why Raylan is marshalling in Detroit now how we're picking up on his career at, at this new location away from Kentucky, away from Florida, away from all these other places that we're more familiar with. Um, so in the source material, it's not Raylan Givens that's actually a part of this. But what they did was they figured out in reading the book, they it were like, felt like, yeah, Raylan. like it really felt like this could be a Raylan character. So that was actually kind of exciting because it means that hopefully they can find other source material where they feel like, you know what, this sounds like Raylan's. And it sounds like it had been an ongoing conversation between Timothy and the producers um, find, finding a story that felt right to go back and do it because of course the last question is always going to be would you go back and do it again and it sounded like yes as long as the story's there he's he is happy to play Raylan for as long as they they will let him which I have to say, we didn't we normally talk a little bit about how these these stars look in person Raylan aka Timothy very adorable, very cute. Uh, I mean, I'm I am completely heterosexual, but oh, he's oh. easily the most handsome man I've seen, like close up. Wow, that's a big thing for you to say. Easily, really. Well, just when he turned around in the in and he was just looking us right at us. Right, <laughs> it was right. just the two of us looking right at yeah. him. 
Yeah. You you got a little swoony. You're like, oh, Not, I won't say swoony. I won't say that. But I but it was like ding, like like a check mark. Most handsome man you've ever seen in real life. Check. It was like wow, right there. That's awesome. Well, I love that you had that experience. I I think that he in person is so Raylan that it's wild to me because I mean he he walks like him. He talks like him. He looks like him. Like there's not like it's not like he's putting on this whole facade to become. Raylan, you know, yeah. he is Timothy, you know, and right. like he was talking, walking, doing everything in front of us, dressed like Raylan. Right. If you see him in, say, Deadwood or the Santa Clarita diet, those are more like big characters that he's putting That's on. Santa Clarita, yeah. Whereas Raylan, yeah, it feels it just m- felt like him. More like the guy pushing the elevator button <laughs> that we saw. I love that you said <laughs> That he's the most handsome man. That should make some. It sense. just is. That, I mean, I think I. Mm, it's a you fact. Know you guys, I have to. I have to tell you. Get over on Twitter or on Instagram or on uh, Facebook at Pod Clubhouse. Check out all the photographs that Paul took during the festival because he had tons of retweets and really, really great pictures. Like you can see what he's talking about with Timothy because he took a really great. That's one just a phone picture of him like grinning though, and <laughs> Paul, you're like, it doesn't capture his beauty. It does. <laughs> it really doesn't. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that you felt that way about him because, you know, I never know. Sometimes I can get a little sucked into the character, which makes me actually not want to meet the actor behind it. Because, like, so for instance, the Gilmore Girls year, Scott Patterson was there. You know, he plays Luke and I was very into Luke. However, I was standing right next to him and I did not want to talk to him at all because if Scott Patterson wasn't going to talk or act or look like Luke, I don't want that to exist. (laughs) Like that would mess me up, you know, like, no, you just be in Stars Hollow, you know, like, I don't want to do this. So it was interesting that when you can take those characters out of their setting like that and put them somewhere else. And like, that was Raylan Givens freaking, you know, in Austin that we saw. And that made it amazing. After that, we uh, went to trivia. We have been going to trivia since maybe our our third time, second or third time. And if you recall, uh, last year, uh, we (laughs) were able to go see the Westworld premiere in New York thanks to winning Trivia Night. This year, we also placed first. However, the prize this year was nothing as grand as a trip to New York City. We did, however, walk away with a digital movie projector which is awesome and i'm sure will be like of great use this summer and i think it's amazing that that they had such great sponsors like tubi who came out and like gave these prizes um i know a lot of people were were really hounded for those tubi like snuggies they were very adorable and like i said if you guys remember it was freaking cold in a lot of these panels so i my eyes were really laser beaming on those those tubi snuggies if, if any of our table managed to listen to this podcast i recognize that i was not pulling my weight this year you felt that way i had a couple of answers and i confirmed a couple more but, but that's really... the trick of being a team right when yeah. you're a team it's okay and it was great because we actually had a wide array of ages which is a hot tip i would give you guys if you come out to atx or really any trivia night do not gravitate to people who all look like you please don't Mm-mm. choose people of all different backgrounds and all different ages because that is going to get you the winning when table. they put the they put the scores up on a projector screen and there was a table whose team name suggest it was something like Gen Z Express or something like that. And guess what? 
ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> they out of like 19 tables, they were by, they were like 20th. They, <laughs> they had such yeah. a low score. Yeah. I think we had like 3000 something. They had like 300 something. The yeah. questions are like, what's the third word in the second verse of the Gilligan's Island themes? You, ha- you, you gotta, gotta know. know you gotta know. Stuff. Some of that stuff you gotta know. And you know what? The one that I thought was, oh my God, I didn't think anyone was going to get was the Succession Kids lineup. Ah, uh, that one was hard. That one was a doozy because I know most of you guys are thinking, I know, I know the order of the kids' birth, but do you? But do you? Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys right now. The question was from oldest to youngest, tell the names of the Roy kids. And we'll give you Connor and Kendall. We'll just give you that. Okay, so it goes Connor, Kendall, and I know everyone out there is thinking, Shiv Roman. No, no, Roman's not the baby as it turns out. It's actually Roman. Connor, Kendall. Roman Shiv is the baby and thankfully people at our table had already been talking about that and knew about that and was like yes and I was like holy crap I never would have gotten that right and it made the difference because I we only won by like one or two questions so it made all the difference but hey we had a girl on our team who was awesome we totally chatted with her I hope she actually comes on and is hosts with us sometimes she um she actually had the gym from the gym and the holograms like tattoo on her wrist and then there was a gem and the holograms question and the thing like like we just really picked our team well <laughs> so that was that was awesome and you know like i said big hint pick people with a lot of different backgrounds because we had like a college student with us we had a woman who was like 60 on our team we had people from like all over which was perfect because they knew stuff about Degrassi that I didn't know anything right. about. You got to get a couple Canadians you know? on your team. But right? I, yeah, we had two Canadians on our team. That was a huge help because they knew there was like at least four Canadian questions and they right. knew them. Yeah. But by the flip, they had no idea anything about Cheers. And I was like, I know the answer. <laughs> it was a really great balance. Highly recommend. Very fun event. If you guys are at ATX, get to Trivia Night. And guess what? They served us pizza. We had drinks. We had had popcorn we had plenty of stuff the whole time and it was all just a part of your fee for the festival so actually paul commented on our way back we paid for like one meal a day if that and otherwise we ate all the things that were available just around the festival delightful dill flavored popcorn it was all about it you guys he spilled it all over the floor in the hotel room and (sighs) was so sad i was it was there was a moment where i'm pretty sure he was just gonna eat it off the floor and i was just gonna turn a blind eye to it i wasn't gonna be all judgy we're at a festival you eat off the rug i don't care it was an expensive hotel maybe i did Anyway, so moving on to the next day, Friday the 2nd. That's going to be our next podcast, and we can't wait to talk to you guys about it because this was an amazing day. This is Caroline. And this is Paul. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast or any Pod Clubhouse podcast. We'll be having further ATX coverage on the Press Pass podcast, and later this summer, we'll be talking about Comic Palooza in Houston and San Diego Comic-Con once I go see what they have to offer (laughs) this year. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.